Hello, you crazy fuckers. My name is David Michael. And I'm Michael Carter. And we are Ridiculously Bored. What's up, bitch? David, welcome back to the country. Thank you. Appreciate you. How was your trip to Toronto? It was good. It was good. It was all work. No play, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I had no issues getting into and out of the country, surprisingly, which is Wait, very surprising because I kept calling customs and reporting that you were smuggling <laughs> drugs. So, <laughs> Well, apparently those calls didn't get through, so we're good. So can, can we back up a second? All work, no play was the comment, correct? Yeah. So I would consider being able to go to a baseball game, maybe a mix of the two, even if it's work people. Uh, yeah, we had like a suite. So it, was, it wasn't like, a, you know, not sitting in the stands and you're mingling the entire time, right? You're talking, these are all either clients or potential clients. Right. So there's really not an opportunity to sit down and enjoy the, day, the game. I did at the end. It actually went into extra innings, so it was a good game. But, um, but yeah, but like the whole, you know, you're, you're kind of schmoozing the whole time. Right. So schmoozing over a suite. So for the people listening, poor David, uh, smoozing over very expensive alcohol that you get to taste for free. Right? It's tough. It's a tough I, life. Uh, well, that was a little bit different. Did I? T- I, did, I guess I did tell you about that, huh? So you sent a photo of the bottle. Yeah, clean. So the uh, our GM of our Canadian office wanted to kind of roll out the red carpet for us. It was me, my general manager, and. Uh, like the global general manager and our CEO. And so he, (laughs) this is actually pretty funny now that I think about it. I can't believe I didn't put this down in the notes. He, uh, he's like, I got a surprise for you guys. So I get there on a Sunday, like midday Monday. He's like, meet me in downtown Toronto at this address. So we get there. Uh, you know, it's, it's me, my CEO and my GM are all staying at the same hotel. One of them rented a car. So we drove out there. We parked like, you know, a couple blocks away. Cause you gotta, you know, it's like New York city, super busy. Right. So we walk to this building and we're kind of trying to figure it out, right? So, so one of the guys says, you know, what, you know, what do you think this is? What do you think the surprise is? And, uh, you know, somebody throws out, hey, like, you know, there's a hockey hall of fame right down here and Canadians love their hockey. So I bet you it's that. I'm like, nope, it's donkey show. It's totally going to be a donkey show. <laughs> You're like, I brought my leather mask before this. <laughs> so, so we start getting into it. We're like, oh yeah. So we're in the building, right? And, and we're, and so my CEO's like, uh, so do you guys have a freight elevator? <laughs> he starts asking questions. Like, he's like, where's the donkey going to fit? Like, this is, so we're totally into this and we get all hyped up. We're like, oh, it's totally going to be a donkey show. Right? So we go to like the 25th floor of this, this high rise building. And we walk out and there's this like super luxe like entryway, right? <laughs> and, and they're like, uh, oh man, this is going to be one hell of a donkey show because that fucking, that entryway is like, it looks like something out of like uh, English royalty, right? <laughs> so we walk in and immediately I say, you know, the, the GM for the Canadian office walks up and he shakes our hand. How's it guy going guys? And I said, look, I apologize in advance. There is nothing you can do that will... <laughs> Like, or like that will be better than what we've built up in our minds that this surprise is. (laughs) So then we explain the whole donkey show thing to him and he's like, oh man, I'm sorry guys. I do not have a donkey show. (laughs) We ended up getting fitted for uh, custom shirts. So he has this like tailor 
that yeah. supposedly does all these celebrities and all these um, uh, hockey players and baseball players and stuff like that. He uh, he custom he does custom fitting, but it's more about the experience. So you go in there and it's again the view of the city is amazing because it's on the twenty fifth floor and you know it's wraparound windows and then the, you know they greet you with you know super expensive alcohol and you know some appetizers and then you know it's just it's all about like the total experience so super cool never done anything like that in my life but it it, it just wasn't a donkey show so the it's it's amazing how they could be the two extremes right <laughs> you go from the worst debaucherous fucking crazy thing you could do of a donkey show to getting custom tailored shirts made <laughs> <laughs> it great. was cool we got to pick out the material and and like i said they um they they showered us with uh like super expensive like they had like a mccallan number six and they had uh woodford reserve like 25 year age something or other uh, you know i kind of i'm into bourbon when, and whiskey but i don't don't know those specifics but i just i do know it's like three thousand dollars a bottle yeah and when you mentioned it to gq he's like it's something like 250 bucks a shot yeah. or something like that yeah so it's pretty so, nice to the Canada in general, you know, you talk about a donkey show, which because probably pretty possible there. I mean, it is Canada for God's sake. Um, <laughs> I'd like to also say hello to our Canadian listeners once again. Thank you for listening. Subscribe, Half of which like, are share. Probably your family. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll tell on myself about one thing when we were in Canada for my bachelor party, right? And there was a bunch of people there. It was probably ten of us or so, and we went to a strip club. As was you I do at this for, one? I, I can't answer that, Dave. For your own safety, I can't answer that. I don't remember. Um, so we we go to this strip club, and the first thing that was really weird to me, because in the U.S., the rules are so specific. Like, touch a girl, you get thrown out of the fucking place. Right. Like, there's no middle ground. You touch a girl, you get fucking thrown out of the place. And because it was my bachelor party, like, somebody paid for a private dance, so I went into the room, and there's a sign-up, and it's, uses the age-old stop sign um, uh, signal process, and it's tits were in green, waist was in green, um, bikini area slash uh, G-string area was in red. So you could actually touch the strippers there, which was so fucking foreign to me. It was absolutely crazy. So that was one. So after that, I was like, yeah, I had a lap dance. I don't need them anymore. Like, I I believe it or not, and, you know, for all the things I say on this show, I actually am very uncomfortable in a strip club. I, I think it's very unnatural. I'm glad there's women out there that do it. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's a very unnatural environment. Michael, they're supporting and, their families. Yes, exactly. Most of them, I think, we're going to be doctors, Dave. Yes. Both of them. <laughs> so... At one point, they're all trying to get you to do more lap dances. And I'm like, look, I have no desire in this. Like, I, I did one already. I'm fine. Well, there was a couple other people. I won't say names. Uh, I won't even say uh, names that we use as their hidden names their because, yeah. yeah, their nicknames because there were some that were frequent flyers, but we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> people who knew the rules of engagement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like, I brought a handbook here. I, I got all the rules already written out. So, one of then so now they come over and they try to entice you and one of the ladies and that's why like i i laugh about the donkey show one of the ladies comes up and is like would you like a lap dance and we're like no we're not interested thank you the next lady who overheard it comes up and is like how about this i'm gonna light my nipples and clit on fire you guys interested <laughs> and we're like oh yeah 100 <laughs> like I, this i gotta see <laughs> 
So we, we, we went in the back, and she used the form of the old matchbooks where you rip off the matches, which right. I don't even know if that, they probably still give out, but um, she used those. She made them into like little teepees almost, and she put them like kind of all over her body and lit them on fire and let them kind of burn out and let people blow them out as kind of their reward for it. Yeah, I was so, definitely not at this one. <laughs> yeah. I would have remembered <laughs> so, that. <laughs> so. It's funny because sometimes when we talk about it, people are like, I don't remember that. And then I mentioned that. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, look, a donkey show in Canada and some random office building, it wouldn't have surprised me, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. So, that, that so, was my trip. How, how, was your, how was your week? I haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, the week was good. Um, this is probably, it's the, it's the last week of August going into the first week of September. This is probably... Other than the Christmas week, which were actually closed, the firms closed that week. Sorry, holiday week. I don't want to offend any Jewish people listening or Muslim or everybody any else. Of those other categories. You already yeah. did. It's too late. Sorry. Coexist. Bumper sticker. Um, the This week is probably the slowest week in the firm. So it's a good week to kind of take it easy, catch up on some stuff. You know, you get to your B and C list that you never have. Very easy days. So it's been a very good work week, to say the least. Nice. But the the week, though, started off with uh, last weekend. I go out to the garage, and I press my garage door opener. That's right. I have a garage door opener. I press my garage door opener. My garage starts going up. It stops halfway. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I press it to close. It goes down press it again to open i'm like and this is just me i look i'm i am not the most able of people when it comes to fixing shit anyone who's listened to the show knows this yes and um i couldn't even fix myself to take a shit but um i press it again goes up halfway it sticks again so i'm like oh you know what it's so hot this week that maybe the ball bearings or the wheels kind of dried out i need some wd-40 whatever so i press it down i close it again i walk over to I call my wife out. I'm like, hey, can you come and press the garage? I want to go by the car and see where it's actually sticking. So I go by the car. Before she presses the garage door opener, my trunk is open. So as it turns out, where it's stopping is where it's hitting my trunk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you didn't know this. Yes, didn't know this. So it had, so clearly on the way down originally, it scratched up the trunk. And then the two times I tried to open it, it scratched up the trunk. So I'm like, what the fuck happened? I'm so like, are you outside the garage when this is happening or uh, inside? I'm inside the garage still. You're inside the and garage? Oh, was your car yes. outside? No, the car was inside. How the so fuck what do happened? you not hear the scratching? Because the, the garage door, you know, it's like, tuk, 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 and then it stopped. So it was like that initial scratch, and then it stopped. And you don't see the car move, like the car door, every time the garage hits it? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm two cars away from it. You know, it's my wife's car and then my car. So no, so, I didn't. So you're... 12 feet away from it and you can't see or hear this shit happening correct i have so many questions hold on so did i (laughs) so i'm like how the fuck did this happen i'm like why would this not have closed if like we press close and i looked there's nothing blocking it i closed it fine we opened the garage door that's when i can now find see all the scratches so my wife had come out because she was supposed to help me with this i'm like how did what happened? How did this happen? She's like, I have no idea. And I'm like, I don't have any idea either. So I'll stop there. Your questions. You're an idiot. Yeah, right. That's not actually a question to be fair. <laughs> so that night I go to bed and while I'm lying in bed awake. You figure it out. I'm like, 
how the fuck did this happen? I'm like, I can't figure it out. I'm like, because there's three scratches. I would have only caused two. I'm like, so clearly the trunk had to be open when garage door was closed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm, you know, trying to figure this out, doing my best Columbo. And this Matlock, is your car, right? Not your wife's car. My car, my car. Best MacGyver, not MacGyver, Matlock, uh, Columbo that I possibly can. And then it hits me. I got a camera in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't believe I didn't go to look at the video. So I go look at the video. And so I, I see what happened. I figured out what happened. The next morning, I say to my wife, I say, hey, I got a question for you. Have you given any possible more thought to how my car got scratched? And she's like, no, I, you know, it happened. I don't know what happened, how it happened, who did it. She's like, I didn't give it any more thought. I'm like, well, unfortunately for you, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, uh-oh. And I'm like, you remember yesterday when you went to get something out of my trunk? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, you in turn then just walked into the house and pressed garage door close without closing my trunk. <laughs> so on video so it's she scratched it on the way down and then it got stuck and it was getting jammed when i was trying to oh, open it Jesus so Christ. the the worst part for her and so now i haven't let her live it down of course mm-hmm. and every once in a while like i'll randomly like try to get something out of the front seat today and i'm like the trunk's closed right and she's like, I got it. She's like, I got it. She's like, one fucking moment. I had a lapse in judgment. And I was like, yeah, I'm just What's saying. your deductible on your insurance? <laughs> We're not going to go through insurance, but it is $850 to fix. Oh. And the reason why my deductible is $500. Yeah. So it's, it's not worth getting the ding on insurance for only $300. Bucks. So, um, or I'd be paying still $350. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that was the beginning of my week. Well, I will tell you, you know, Insurance is somewhat of a scam. We've kind of talked about this on the show before. You're basically betting that you're not going to need it. And that's what the insurance company's doing. That's what the yep. underwriters are doing. They're betting on whether or not you're going to need it. Since, you know, as you know, you know, we had the leak in my house and we had all the construction work done and it was to the tune of like 20 some odd thousand dollars, right? I'm pretty sure I have not paid $20,000 into my current insurance plan so at least with this plan this company i'm probably in the positive on this one so which is a rarity that you actually make money off of your insurance company but but now that it's like you know all said and done i'm like all right what else can we get like what what else needs insurance (laughs) so so i got a question do you do you bid out your insurance every year or do you just kind of roll it over with whoever you're with? So I actually tried this. I, um, a buddy of mine said, hey, I have an insurance broker, right? And the broker, it's exactly what they do. They go, they take all of your info and they go and they they get quotes from like five different insurance companies. He takes a cut off the top. That's how they get paid. But his job is essentially to find you a better rate amongst all the insurance companies that are out there. Yeah, and your rate still goes down even with them taking a cut from it, right? So if you used to pay $100, yeah, yeah. they do this shit, they come back to you, it's $85. Well, the insurance companies pay them, not me. Whoever, yeah. but he comes back to you, it's $85. He got paid, you're saving money. I don't give a fuck if you made money mm-hmm. off it. So so you yeah. have done it in the past? Yeah, I have. Uh, so here, here's where I throw my daughter under the bus. Um, I had him, It was this was like less than a year ago. I had him shop us around and see what we can get. But when my daughter was learning how to drive, she um, she was driving on the freeway, and I guess it was wet out, and she kind of she tapped a Lexus in, on the freeway in front of her, and then you know we had to make a claim against it. Well, that 
claim, even though we have like farmers and it has like accident forgiveness, you know, I didn't have mm-hmm. to pay anything for that, but that claim sticks with you for like seven years. Yes. So, um, that claim is still on our insurance. And as a result, he was like, I can't get you a better rate than you have right now because of that, that one accident. Yeah. And so now your homeowner's insurance, you're going to be with them for a very long time <laughs> because <laughs> when you have that massive of a claim. So I actually similar, I use a broker. And so my old house, you know, you talk about not using insurance. My old house, we lived there 12 years, about a thousand dollars a year in insurance, a little bit more, whatever it was. Never made any claims whatsoever. So they made twelve grand off me yeah. and they never had to pay anything out. So there's there's the both sides of it. So it's funny because my broker, I introduced him to some friends and some cousins and so some other people use him. And the, whenever they go to him, they're like, Oh yeah. And he's like, Yeah, he goes, Yeah, your cousin, uh, your cousin Michael, yeah, he's a tough one. He's like, every year he reaches out, he's like, every year he pushes me to get him a different rate. Mm-hmm. Like yourself, the car we can't change because there was an accident four or five years ago. Somebody actually hit me in the back, um, but it's still a mark on me, even though it was not my fault, but right. it's still on my record because they were involved in it. So um, the funny thing is, is one year we changed from traveler's insurance to traveler's insurance and we <laughs> saved $400. Yeah. So I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? And the guy's like, oh, what we did was, you know, you do this, you do this. And then he's like, technically because you're going here you're a new policy and i'm like this makes zero sense that i could be using the same insurance company and you were able to get me a better rate where they're actually competing against each other mm-hmm. so um yeah insurance brokers you know pe- some people use car brokers i've never used yeah. them <clears throat> where you know similar thing you call somebody up they go out and find you a car and let's say you want to pay forty thousand for it they do whatever they need to they get paid somehow as well but you get the car for what you were looking for so it's a little crazy yeah the, but, the only problem i have with car brokers and I, and I have used one before um you typically don't get a whole lot of choice right you say hey i want this year this make and model and i mean today it's actually probably the same because there's so few cars available on the market but you don't really get a choice of what color what options and what trim level, right? You know, it's just kind of like, hey, I found you a car. Here's what it is. Take it or leave it. Yeah. I um, I have never in my life paid sticker price for a car. I've always gotten some oh, no. deal somehow, whatever. You? No, no, please. In this environment, though, my cousin just went to get a car for his daughter. It just became legal age to drive, nostrils. And he had to pay over sticker price. Oh, that's insane. Because the guy's like, you don't want it? Give me a second. I'll have six people here who'll take it. So he fucking paid over sticker price to get the car because that's how bad the demand is right now. Yeah, we talked about it a few episodes ago, but I got my daughter a new car not too long ago. We knew someone who knew the GM of the dealership. So, and he was still able to get us a car at invoice, which is typically when you're negotiating a car with a dealership, that's their that's their like line. They can't really go below that because then they start losing money. They'll probably make still make money from some back end like rebates and shit like that. But that's kind of where you want to arrive at. Like you can Google what the invoice of any car is, and then that's that's kind of what you're shooting for when you negotiate. He was yep. still in this environment able to get us that kind of a deal, which was kind of nice. Just, just not in your state, but yeah, I had that. to drive to Vegas to pick up the fucking <laughs> car. But hey, you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. So. All right, so I talked about my wife and her ruining my car. You had mentioned, I'm going to bring this all together. Watch this. You had mentioned your house, um, you had the leak, and your, your bathroom was being redone. Yeah. Why don't you tell me a little about the toothpaste war that's going on at the 
I don't, I don't like Hussle. when you take my stories and then try and set them up just because you typically ruin the story by setting it up. I didn't ruin anything. <laughs> All right. I may have to cut that part out. So as you know, my house is in disarray and you know, the, the bathroom. So my wife and I are sharing our guest bathroom. Right. And along with that, we're also sharing things like toothpaste right because there's no need to have two fucking in our in our master bathroom we totally have like each our own areas with separate stuff right she's got her toothpaste i have mine and we've talked about this before her usage of toothpaste this it just drives me absolutely bonkers right? the same as my wife yeah so we're in a smaller bathroom so that doesn't make any sense to have two of everything so we're sharing a tube of toothpaste and what i like to do is i will roll the toothpaste up from the bottom and push all the paste. It's a traditional tube. It's not one of those things that sits on the counter and you press the button and the toothpaste comes out. It's got the screw off cap and you, you squeeze it out. Just normal toothpaste tube. So I like to roll it from the bottom so that it's nice and evenly spread towards the opening so that when you squeeze it, it just comes right out as soon as you open it. And this one ha happens to have a cap that's wide so you can like stand it upside down, kind of like the new ketchup bottles so okay. that the ketchup is always going towards the, the spout. Same thing with this toothpaste. It's got a big spout. You can stand it, and the toothpaste is always going towards the spout. Anyways, so we've had this conversation before, right, where I'm like, look, just just smoothly roll it up. You know? And what she likes to do is she likes to take it like a fucking monster, and she <laughs> grips it like it's a hammer, and she squeezes it, and it wrinkles the metal tube, like the, the toothpaste tube, and it, it just it's all fucked up. So I'm like, come on, please, please just like be civilized with the fucking toothpaste, will you? Okay, 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 fine. So one day I go to go brush my teeth and the fucking toothpaste tube is just wrecked, just absolutely <laughs> fucking wrecked. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And, and at this point I lost it. And I'm not saying that I would have done anything to my wife, but I'm pretty sure in a court of law, it would have been legal because <laughs> of the way she grabbed this fucking but i understand because <laughs> of the way she fucking and we've had this conversation before i'm like are you fucking kidding me can you grab the fucking toothpaste like a civilized human being what i don't understand is because my wife is exactly the same the toothpaste container is not supposed to look like brass knuckles when you're done with it. i know what the fuck <laughs> like, that's what it looks like so i have one of those things you put on the end of the tube and you kind of roll it down and it holds it so it squeezes it all the way down I tried putting that on my wife's um, toothpaste once, and she was just like, uh, nope. <laughs> like, this is your shit? She's like, that's why you got your toothpaste over there. I have mine over here. So we don't, uh, we don't use uh, one toothpaste either. It just won't work. Can't do it. I can't, I can't stay. It's one of those little things that it's so stupid that it bothers me and appears you so much, but it fucking does. I just can't it's, stand it. It's my OCD, and I get it. It's my issue. But I'm pretty sure, like I said, in a court of law, anyone who understands, you know, in a jury among uh, of your peers, I'm pretty sure at least half of them are like, yep, that bitch should have died. <laughs> They're like, what were we supposed to do? Did you see the tooth? You saw the evidence, right? We, we displayed <laughs> the evidence in court. Case dismissed. Am I good? Are we good here? <laughs> All right. So speaking of possible murder, actually, it sets this up perfectly, and this wasn't the plan. I have, we're going to play a new game today. Okay. It's called Detective Dave. Oh, jeez. Pennsylvania Dick. 
that's just an old term for detective. I just, it happened in Pennsylvania. So, you know, fuck you, Philly, as we always think. So, all right, Detective Dave, I'm going to give you a little bit of the outline of the story. And then I want, you're, you're walked into the room, right? This is typical The Wire type stuff. You walked in the room. This is what you see. And I want your, your preliminary conclusion. And I'll tell you what actually happened. <laughs> it's January 26, 2011. You walk into a room. Ellen G, names protected, but this is a real this is a real thing. Elaine G is on the ground. She's facing Wait, is it forward. Ellen or Elaine? Uh, sorry, uh, Ellen. Ellen. Sorry, right. Ellen G Did you is just on the give ground. Away her real name? Oh, you fucking no, up. no. She had a much longer name. <laughs> Ellen G is on the ground. She's facing forward, but her back is against the cabinets. Right. So, you, you, can you picture it? You know Wait, what I'm is saying? She now? like lying at like a dead body type. Well, it's dead for sure. That that part is not something you have to conclude on, right? Um, right so yeah. So like, she just kind of slumped down, if you would, and she's sitting. Her ass is on the ground. Her okay. back is on the cabinets. Okay. Right. All right. But she's you face. Me? You said she was face down. Did I say face down? I thought I said I, facing I, forward. Facing forward. Okay. All right. I, I assume face. Down. Well, now right. we know why this case got go off. <laughs> <laughs> we got Colombo here. So on top of that, there is a ten-inch knife sticking out of her chest. I'm assuming blood everywhere. Didn't say it in the article, but I'm just going to assume there was blood everywhere. She has wounds on the back of her skull, her head, her neck, her chest, and obviously the chest, the knife still in her chest. You're walking in the room. What are your thoughts? This is going to be tough because you're going to hate me. <laughs> Does she have any defensive wounds on her arms, her forearms? Are there any bruises or cuts or scrapes? I'm okay with you asking those questions. They said there was no signs of a fight. No visible signs in any way, shape, or form of a fight or defensive wounds or somebody else's skin under her nails. No handprints anywhere randomly. Nothing. So it's a good question. So there's no evidence of another human being being in the room with her at the time she was murdered. Correct. Or Well, at the time she time she died. Right. Correct. I'll add another thing to it. The front door was locked from the inside with one of those, in essence, hotel locks where you know people can't get in mm-hmm. because the lock is on the door. Any windows open? Broken? They didn't talk about any of that other no stuff. Signs I don't of- know if there's a back door to the house. I don't know if there's windows, nothing. They just talked about the, the front door. Oh, so I have incomplete information here, Michael. I need to know. Do you want me to things. create the rest of it <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> for you? I don't think it changes anything. So All right, before so, you walk out of the room, what is your initial thoughts? Well, I, I have some more questions. Okay, go ahead. What position is the knife sticking out of her chest in? Is it vertical? In, in, the, in the stabby position. I don't know. It didn't say. So this is critical, chest. right? So when if you were going to stab yourself in the chest, it would be very difficult for you to stab yourself in the chest the same way someone who is stabbing you would would stab you because typically when someone's holding a knife theory, it's vertical comes downwards well not necessarily because they can kind of poke you right yeah. so but typically the knife is vertical when that happens not always but it could be horizontal but i would say 90 90 percent of the people when they stab that stabbing motion the knife is vertical uh when you stab yourself depending on how you're holding the knife it's pretty hard to actually hold the knife vertical when you're doing that I also think, like, I know there's in Japanese, it's called what, sputava, whatever. Yeah, like where they like where they stab themselves, right? When they're not doing their job, right? So, um, I think it's seppuku or something like that. 
yeah, something like that. So, I, well, look, I'm just going to say it was in the. I don't want to give up too much. All right, what's your conclusion based on what you have? Uh, I mean, it looks like a homicide to me. Uh, not knowing what position the knife was in, um, all the other evidence seems to point that it was some sort of a suicide. But typically, when people kill themselves, they don't do it in a. I can't think of a more painful way to die with slashing wounds all over your body and then stabbing yourself in the chest. So that's so the, typically not a not a, a a suicidal type of a of a way to go. Well, and the, and the skull, she had stabbed wounds in the head, the neck, the chest, yeah. besides the actual 20, 20 stab wounds in total. Yeah, that's, by that the way, sounds like that was a the homicide number. to me. So the person who walked out, the detective who walked out of the room at the time, and the district attorney and all those people, they ruled it a homicide. Good. When they were walking out of the room. Over the next few days, because of the key facts to them, which was there was no scuffle, and that front door was locked, they ruled it a suicide. Yeah, that's crazy. And no scuffle could also mean that they were surprised, right? If, maybe. If, if you're walk, you walk around a corner and someone just stabs you, yeah. guess what? There's not going to be a scuffle. You're, you're, Especially if the first one's like in the heart and shit. Yeah. So the reason why this story came up in, in a feed that I was looking at is because I was Googling how to stab somebody that I'm not know. <laughs> <laughs> Was was because after the car incident? No, no, I'm totally kidding. Please don't report me, anybody. Um, especially the Canadians I made fun of earlier. <laughs> um, the reason it came up, it was in like a Yahoo page, and the reason it came up was it was a TV show that was like something to the effect of the TV show is called like Homicide Question Mark or Suicide Question Mark, uh. and this case has been revisited, and now they're reopening the case because they're like. It just doesn't seem like a, a suicide when the person basically cut themselves all fuck, including the back of their head. That just doesn't make sense. So I was just curious what you because I was reading this and I'm like, how was this ruled a fucking suicide? I just don't get it. Yeah. Just the, the lack of evidence doesn't necessarily mean that there was nobody else there. Correct. Correct. Uh, by the way, that would also, if I'm the, the lead detective there, I'm also looking at people that were former police officers, former armed forces. Um, those, those are folks that know what murder investigators would look like and potentially know how to, to avoid, you know, leaving any trace of evidence. Yeah. And her boyfriend or fiance, whatever he was found her first, which is, is a no win situation because if you notice it, and you don't go over and touch anything, right? You think the first thing you do, you should fucking like run over and like grab the person. Like, oh my God, are you still alive? Now your fingerprints are everywhere. So whether you did it or not, now you're, first of all, you're a suspect anyway because you're the fiance or boyfriend or whatever. Um, but he's the one who found it too. So yeah, so that's actually a key piece of information you left out because if the, the boyfriend slash significant other found them, then by default, his prints, his, his, I mean, how do they know the door was locked? How do they know the, the, the windows were closed? He because he said right. Well, no, no. The one pe he when he broke in, he had somebody else with him. So oh. th that's that's that side of it. So that covers a couple things in that system. That's why I didn't think it was important because when he broke the door open, somebody else walked in with him at the same. Oh, I now time. have two, probably two the guy he hired to kill him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was gonna say I now have two suspects. <laughs> he came in and was like, "Hey, it's good work, man. There's no, no no fucking smudges or anything. It smells a lot like bleach in here, though. I don't know why. Bleach and lime. Bleach and lime." <laughs> All right. So I was um, I was listening to 
something and i don't remember what it was i think it was like a show on uh sirius uh, xm because i've been driving we just drove to denver so we had a pretty long long ride and um one of the things that the dj was talking about was what is the piece of candy or toy or something from your childhood that you wanted desperately but never got and i started thinking about this and i thought it'd be a fun conversation to have because i couldn't find in my childhood a toy that i wanted and didn't get my my parents were really good about you know for christmas and birthdays and stuff like that getting me the stuff that i wanted so i was never really left wanting for anything but there was a piece of candy as a child that i absolutely wanted but my mom would not let me have it and to this day they don't sell it anymore but let me explain this piece of candy should never have been sold and my mom was 100 percent correct it was. I, I, I think I know what it is. Do you want to take a guess? Go ahead, take a guess. You ready? Yep. <laughs> Let's say it at the same time on three. One, two, three. Fake cigarettes. No, no, oh. definitely not the fake cigarettes. No, I've had those many times. We used to play with those all the time. That was kind of funny. Um, no, there was a lollipop, right? And I hesitate to call it a lollipop, but it was the shape of a fucking javelin. All right. You had the little the, the, handle. And then it came up like a very to a very sharp point, and it was like four inches long, and it was a thin, like murdery multicolored, right? Yes, it was multicolored. I can't remember what it was called. Maybe you can Google it while I'm telling you the story. But it was shaped like a fucking javelin, and if you're a kid and you're walking around with this thing and you fall down, you're basically stabbing yourself in the brain with this thing. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I wish um, I knew the name. But, you know, they still sell variations of that. Like just doing the Google search on it, which I did lo- long candy lollipop on a stick. They still have the lollipop swirl, which is pretty long, a unicorn lollipop. But I know specifically the one you're talking about. It's not coming up here. It had like a almost like a, a candy apple covering where it was like perfectly sheened yeah. on top of it, right? Yeah, yeah I know exactly which one Anyways, you're talking about. So we're, we're on vacation with uh, some family friends and the family friends have some kids and we go to like this candy. I think we're in like Jersey and it's like the boardwalk and we go to this store and the family friends buy their kids these lollipops and my mom is just absolutely dead set against it. No, you can't have it. Pick something else. So I throw a hissy fit because they can have it. They're younger than me and I can't have it. Right. And anyways, I'm pretty sure I went on for like an hour just throwing a fit because I just can't have this thing. And, you know, and, and why can they have it? And they're younger than me, but my mom was absolutely correct. These things were fucking little death sticks for kids. They are called Astro pops. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. You got to send me a picture of that. Look, Google Astro Pops when you get yeah. a chance. Google Astro Pops and um, <laughs> this might have been what was sticking in that lady's chest. That's how dangerous <laughs> it is. <laughs> so for me, you know, it's funny, like, so here's the difference, right? You talk about toys that you didn't get, and I really do think this is important. You were an only child, yeah. right? I think that factors in a lot. While I was the third of three for a family who didn't have a lot of money, where they had a they had to spread it out between the three of us, so we never got anything crazy or big. I will say though, I wish I still had it. I actually had at one point the 
original Transformers Megatron, oh, which was the yeah. actual silver gun mm-hmm. that could get you shot if you were walking around yeah, with it in a I store. Yeah, I had one of those too. So, um, but no, the one toy, look, candy, you know my size. Candy was never something I wanted, right? <laughs> I, I got plenty of it. Right. It was no candy I didn't want that I didn't have. Um, the the thing I wanted was this, this G.I. Joe was massive when we were kids, just like Transformers were, G.I. Joe was massive. And unrealistically, I wanted the USS USS Flag, I think it was called. It was an aircraft carrier, right? Because I think the guy, the lead guy is Rick Flag or something like that. Right. Um, this aircraft carrier is, as you'd expect, with the word aircraft carrier in it. Massive. It was seven and a half feet long once you put it together. <laughs> Holy right? shit. So it was basically the size of a table. Yeah. And it came with all of these like planes that you put on top of it. And I think it only came with one figure, though, which was really weird. Where the fuck do you put that? We didn't live in big houses when we were kids. I, well, it would have been the basement. That would have been the only place. Yeah. But I would have had to like put it to the side of where the sausage is made and where the olives were made and where the tomato sauce was made. So it was 100 bucks. I looked this up. It was 100 bucks at the time, about $100, which is not that bad, right? It's only about 15 bucks a foot. If you think about it, fucking Subway's footlongs are like 8 or $9, too. And those don't last for, for years. It's the equivalent of $250 today. Um, I happened to look on eBay. It's going for like well over $1,000 to $2,000. That's crazy. The best part about it was, and I'm sure this would have been the least favorite part if you were a parent, it came with a working PA system. (laughs) (laughs) So you could fucking say things into the PA system and it would blast out of this thing. The other thing, which I can't imagine it coming with today, if it was still being made, I can't imagine it coming with it. It came with the steel cable. That's the one that actually, you know, stops planes when they land. Right, right, right. That's like you're just giving your kid a fucking weapon to kill their younger siblings <laughs> with, right? Like, I can't imagine it would have come with that. But I mean, this seems to be like a theme. We find shit that never should have been sold back yeah. then and couldn't absolutely be relieved, like released today into the world. Like that fucking. I just pulled up a picture of the Astro Pop. It literally looks like a fucking javelin. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's uh, it's great. You gotta Google. You got people. You gotta Google Astro Pop. Um, so that was the toy I wanted that I didn't get. No, but right. sorry to hear that, Michael. I'm not yes. buying that for you now. Like like you bought me the Dumbo <laughs> doll that that got taken away when I was a kid. I'm not I'm buying just, you the USS no, flag. The toy I wanted as a kid, Dave, was the brand new Xbox. <laughs> Why don't you send it? No, I, I got one of those. Uh, so the other thing I, I came across yesterday, I was with El Guapo and his kid, one of his kids who plays hockey. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know in this day and age, right, you're not allowed to use certain words anymore, right? So, like, and I'm only using it as an example, the word retard, right? You're not supposed to use it anymore. It's highly frowned upon. It's not used in public conversation anymore. A lot of people still use it in private, let's be honest, (laughs) but it shouldn't be used in public conversation. So, he was talking about his hockey, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, they they have different levels of... of, uh, Skill level, he's like, there's the squirts, there's peewees, there's bantam, and he's like, and then there's the midgets. And I'm like, what, excuse me? <laughs> he's like, yeah, one of the leagues. He's like, right before the like kind of adult leave, it's the midgets. And I'm like, like the normal spelling of midgets, midgets. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, how is that still fucking allowed that they're able to call the hockey league the midget league? <laughs> well, again, I-, I think it goes to, well, it-, it hasn't gotten caught yet, right? Someone's not raised a big enough stink like in phoenix we have a super high native american population right as a result we had like 
freeways and roads and areas named after the native population. We had this mountain called Squaw Peak. Well, I guess Squaw was a was a negative term referred to Indians, so they changed it and they named it after like a soldier that died in the Iraq War. Um, we had uh, Indian School Road, which right now is is they're they're looking to rename it because it's called Indian School, even though. There used to be schools for Indian children on that right. road, you know, a hundred years ago. This still, it's not cool. We renamed the Washington Redskins that are yes. now what? The generals? We need, we, no, they're not the generals. What are they? They are the commanders. The commanders. All right. I knew it was something army related. My wife used to, ha my wife loves this candy. They sell it in Australia. I think you can find it here, but it's called Redskins. Oh, really? They, they changed the name of that as well. Did and it was really? just a fucking candy. It wasn't like, there was no like Indian logo that I remember, but yeah, they changed That's the name. It's funny of that that, that well. was in Australia because they actually don't have Native American Indians in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> they have the Aborigines. And then uh, the Cleveland Indians are now the Cleveland Guardians. What the fuck? Yes. Like, so we're going through this whole like whitewashing of America, like all the things. And if you ask the people that it's supposed to offend, we talked about this, I think, last episode, they're not nearly as offended as much as, as we are. Well, on the other side is some of them make money off it. So the Florida Seminoles, they have some deal that they pay like a, a courtesy fee or something for being using the name Seminole because it's not an offensive name. It's a tribe's name. Mm -hmm. And so they pay the tribe to use it. And so that came up recently and the tribe was like, slow the fuck down here. <laughs> like we're making money off this. Yeah. Like we don't want you involved with them trying to change their name. Like stay out of it. Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh -huh. All right, Dave. So this week I'm off to Florida for training because no matter how good you are at your job, sometimes you still need training. I doubt I'm going to get a donkey show or a custom made shirt. <laughs> are you going to go to the uh, Seminole Casino? Uh, I'm not saying I won't, but. <laughs> I think you I'm and I were there support. last time we were in the Miami area, weren't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So with that, I'm Michael Carter. And I'm David Michael. And we are. Ridiculously bored. What league do you play in? Oh, I play for the midgets. <laughs>